Hi, I'm Mary Beth, and this is my mom. Hi, I'm Katie. For practical motherly wisdom, I don't know, ask my mom. Hello, and thank you for tuning into our podcast today at I Don't Know, Ask My Mom. We've got a great question from a listener here that we want to unpack. As I listened to your first episode, I want to ask, how have you and your daughter fostered a close relationship? Was it always like that, or did it get better as your kids grew into adulthood? What advice do you have for me, a 33-year-old woman who wants a closer relationship with my mom who's 68, but I feel like she doesn't emote? It's extremely rare for her to give words of affirmation or ask me questions like, how are you? She very rarely will say, I love you or I'm proud of you just a couple times a year. I know it's not personal because she is like that with everyone. The problem is my love language is words of affirmation. So I don't know how to feel loved by her if I don't get those words and reminders. I've always been envious of girls who say they have genuinely close relationships to their mom and they feel like they are friends. It's always been a foreign concept to me and it's always felt a bit distant. I've needed other female mentors to fill in these missing gaps, but I wish it were different. This is long-winded, but I'd love your advice. Wow. Well, thank you for sending that in. Man, I feel like I have so much to say. Do you want to start? I do too. (laughs) I almost want to start at the end of her question and go backwards. And we do not get to pick who our mother is. Hmm. And that's a difficult thing. But we can pick how we mother others around us. So um, that, that's just one thing to think of. And my particular relationship with my mother was not that good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until she was older, the last few years of her life, actually, she had had some stroke. Um, I very purposely developed a good relationship with her. Uh, the last few years that she was alive, I began calling her every evening in the nursing home where she lived. And Mm -hmm. I would pray with her. We'd pray the Lord's prayer together every night at six. Mm -hmm. And no matter where I was or what I was doing, everybody knew at six o'clock I was going to stop and call my mom. Mm -hmm. So even when I was supporting somebody in labor, they knew at six Mm o'clock, unless they were absolutely pushing their baby out, I would be Mm -hmm. taking a little break and stepping aside and calling my mom and praying with her. And just that little bit of time together um, made a big difference. Um, But throughout my life, not having a good relationship with her, I absolutely had to have other women in my life that were mother figures for me. And none of them were the mother I wanted, but some would be a little bit of a mom in one area and a little bit of a mom in another area. And, you know, if we didn't get through nature, through, you know, how God put us in a family, if we didn't get the mom that we want, we can do what we can to cultivate it, but you can't change a person. Hmm. And you can share with your mom what would make you feel loved Mm -hmm. and have just a real intent, intentful, that's the right word, uh, a talk of intention with her And let her know that you want a relationship with her and you want 
to feel loved and this is how you feel love and explain it to her and see if that's something that she wants to do. Mm. If she wants to develop that sort of relationship with you, I'm sure that you can work on it Mm. um, with her. Mm. That's good. I, so I actually want to start with the beginning of this question and at first just say that I can really relate to a lot of what is said here in that um, I'm a similar age and you're a similar age mom. And I also, I remember as a kid, there were a lot of moms maybe who were younger than you. And I don't know that that was maybe the reason that it looked like they had a closer relationship, but it almost felt like a Gilmore girls kind of a thing where the mom seemed like she was more of a best friend with the daughter and I'm, I'm talking like an elementary school or junior high and there were always the cool moms that let their kids do things that you didn't let me do and that was always something on my radar as far as the moms who got the daughters whatever they wanted they'd go shopping they had the coffee dates they'd go get their nails done they'd do all those fun things together and I, I wanted that. Like, I really wanted that. And it, it felt like maybe in my childhood, I mean, I have three older brothers and a younger sister. So mom time was, um, to have alone time with you, mom was pretty rare. Um, but I even remember like in kindergarten, I was in the PM afternoon kindergarten class and I had the mornings with you and we would go, sometimes I did swim lessons. Other times we'd go to the grocery store together. And I, I just remember loving that time to like be just with you. It was like the fun time to go with mom and get the groceries for dinner and get to be a part of that. Um, just with you alone, but majorly fast forwarding through life. Um, we did not always have a good relationship and I in it's not like I was a disobedient kid necessarily I had my moments for sure I know I got in trouble but in high school I moved away and went to a boarding high school for a little while in Napa California and then for college um, right after I graduated from high school I moved to New York City and I realized that after, you know, four, five, six years of living on my own in New York, I would come home for short visits over like a long weekend. And our relationship was really difficult in that time because I didn't communicate with you often. And I think it took me a while to understand that that was the main root for me of why our relationship wasn't that great but I it's not like you knew what I was up to all the time and I also didn't really share that much of my life with you so anytime I came home it was like you still treated me like a child and expected me to behave like I did when I lived with you and here I am a young woman an adult and I had changed and my behaviors weren't the same. So to be treated like I was still a kid always caused friction. And it wasn't for me until I got married that I think there was like the first big change. And then the second change I'll talk about was uh, more of health related. But when 
I was getting married, there was so many moments that our culture has kind of shown through whether it's in movies or just experiencing your friends getting married, like so many mother-daughter moments that happen in that season of engagement to, you know, going dress shopping and doing all those things. It basically, the season of engagement for me just brought up a lot of expectations that I didn't realize that I had that, um, I, it made me want to like talk with you more mom and kind of unpack like why our relationship wasn't good. And I knew that I was going to need you all the more in, in different ways, like as my life was changing. And so I think for us, it took a lot of intentional conversations, like you were mentioning before, of digging up things from our past or talking about, I think the hardest things were recognizing ways that both of us had changed and both of us had grown Mm -hmm. and then giving each other the, like, as we say, like the room on the leash to grow. And um, something I quickly realized in my young adult life, you know, I'd have like really hard days at work and I always knew like one of my favorite things about you mom is I always know I can call you whenever, always can call you. And I really appreciate that. And you listen. And one of my favorite things that you say, you want to say it? What? (laughs) Go ahead. The, when you do say it to flush it, like it's just so, um, and what we mean by that is a lot of times, you know, you just need to be heard. And I don't know that everyone's mom is necessarily like this, but for you, mom, I'm so thankful that I can just call and just share a ton of stuff. And it's usually, you know, the situation at work or something that's stressing me out. And maybe we don't have the answer for it, but we know that it's something that if I don't let it go or you don't let it go, that it's just going to eat us on the inside. So instead, what we do (laughs) is we flush it and we just watch it swirl down the toilet, watch it go, and it's gone. And you let it go. Right. You let it out of your heart, out of your mind. You don't let it control you anymore. And that has been a really Mm -hmm. big thing. But the last thing I want to bring up, because it relates to your phone calls, is uh, fast forward after I got married – you mom had another battle with cancer and you, I think this was in May of what year, maybe 2016 when you came to visit me. Was that 2016? I think. Um, Oh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Well, let's say 2016. (laughs) You came to visit me in New York and uh, I was right after your surgery and we had one of those intentional conversations where you had expressed just how much you missed me and my presence and just being able to talk with me. And it it broke my heart. And I also didn't realize how much it meant to, to talk with you. Like I didn't realize what our relationship meant and it really changed something in me. And I decided right then and have kept to it of that I would call you every day. And usually it was on my lunch break. So I was three hours ahead. So it'd be like your breakfast, but now we're on the same coast. So it's same time zone. 
but I faithfully um, have, uh, you know, every day since, um, maybe I've missed a few days, but almost every single day we'll call you. And it's pretty incredible how big of a change that daily communication has made. And the funny thing is most of our conversations are pretty banal and ordinary and you know, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing this. What are you eating? Oh, I'm eating this. What's going on? Um, and other times they're really meaningful and we really unpack a lot. But I think just hearing your voice, there's so much that I can tell from how you're doing. Um, and having that daily connection has really fostered a close relationship that I don't know would have happened otherwise so mm -hmm. that's good that's and good. i'm so thankful oh, for go... that i gotta say that. i'm so thankful <laughs> oh, for your thank time you. and that you let me call you every day <laughs> yeah yeah oh i just i look forward to that so much um you know i, I want to go back just a little bit to the flush it mm, yeah and um get real visual here you know <laughs> there's there's things in the toilet that we don't need to show anybody else uh. and they stink pretty bad. And sometimes it's like people want to say, Hey, come look, come look at my stuff. You know, <laughs> come look at what's in here. And you're like, no, like put the lid down and flush it. <laughs> and there's stuff every day that all of us just need to flush it mm. and just forget it. And we don't even know where it goes. Mm. <laughs> I can't figure that out. But um, it, it's stuff that would make us sick if we held on to it. Mm. And it's just, it's really a good, um, a good thing to think of. And we need an outlet to get rid of stuff. <laughs> and if you don't have somebody to talk to, mm. um, then just go in the bathroom. I've told people this before, go in the bathroom <laughs> and talk into the toilet and then flush it. We need that yeah. catharsis. You need it. There's whatever it is, yeah. whether you go for a run, you jump up and down, you punch the air, like there's gotta, yes. you gotta get that stuff out of you. So that bitterness doesn't take root and grow. And right, one right. other thing, um, oh, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, Dr. Laura likes the helium balloon. Um, idea where you put it in a helium balloon and you let it go mm. and you don't know where that goes so that that's if the flush it is too bad of a visual for you then let it go like you let go of a balloon. <laughs> well, wait that reminds me of a really cute anecdote when I was a kid you used to tell me that the helium balloons when I would let them go and we'd watch them float right. up into the sky that they go to Jesus mm -hmm. and that he collects them and when I go to heaven someday, he's going to give me a bouquet of all my balloons. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, yes. But wait, before I forget, I did yeah. want to say the other reason that I decided to call you every day was you've had a lot of health issues throughout your life. And you've, it's amazing that you're still alive, the things that you've gone through. And I think yes. the biggest thing is that I realized how important you are to me and I value you and it's not that we're the same or that I believe everything that you, everything that you believe the exact same way or that we're fully aligned in every little thing of life. But beyond that, I realize what you've gone through in your life and what you offer and I greatly value that and I don't want to lose a minute of it. And I've had so many friends and loved ones who've lost their mom or even seeing you lose your mom. And 
I know this time is limited and I just, I want to treasure it all. So. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. That's very Mm -hmm. kind. And I treasure every moment with you too. I love you, mom. Mm. So I love you too. Is there anything else you would say to this person about their relationship with their mom? Any other thoughts? Well, try, try with your own biological mom. And if that is just ends up being a dead end, mm-hmm. um, then look for other women in your life that can help fulfill that area. And you can even talk to, to older women. You know, maybe you know somebody from church or a neighbor that would maybe fulfill that, that uh, need for you. And if you're real intentful with them, and just say, I need mothering in this area. Can you be that for me? Mm. Maybe it can develop into a, a really special thing mm. and be better than, you know, even your dreams. Mm. Well, I will say I've had throughout my adulthood, like when I moved away from living near you guys, I've had a lot of different women who've been motherly to me and each relationship was different. One was very intentional and upfront uh, where I sought out a mentor and I asked this woman who I had just met, I said, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Do you know anybody or would you be my mentor? And she said, yes, she would love to. And so we just met each week in Times Square at a little cafe and It wasn't even that we had a lot in common necessarily, but she just was there for me and would listen to me and offer advice for different areas of my life. I was a student at that time, Um, but then there have been others who have been friends first who I knew through, whether it's through work or community, and I would, uh, I just naturally was gleaming a lot from them. And with some of them, I would say the mothering kind of just happened naturally. And others, I did actually ask, like, um, you know, could we make this more intentional as like a weekly or monthly thing to get together and talk about X, Y, Z. And they all, you know, they, they've ebbed and flowed. And then some people are in that part of your life in a big way for a little while and maybe someone comes in and replaces them or, you know what I mean? So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that is all helpful. And, um, you know, I don't know exactly who our audience is, but if there's women in my age group, I'm in my mid sixties. Um, I would just encourage them to be open to, um, being a motherly type person to younger women in our, in their lives. Um, a lot of our younger women are looking for mentors and they might not even know how to completely verbalize that. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're part of a church, you may start a women mentoring women group. There's, I think there's a book called that women mentoring Mm -hmm. women. And it's, uh, that's a more organized situation where they actually match up older women and younger women. Um, Mm. You can even just look in your own neighborhood and 
If there's somebody out, you know, uh, pushing their baby in a stroller every day, maybe you can, you know, run out in the front porch and say, hi, you know, you come by here every day. Would you want a walking partner? Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways that you can reach out to people in your community and in your sphere of influence. Mm. That's good. I even, to bring up one of our earlier episodes, have been meeting a lot of people on Buy Nothing Group. And that is a really cool way. I encourage you guys, again, if you've not heard of the Buy Nothing Project, buynothingproject.org. It's so great. And it enables you to connect with people really close to you in your neighborhood. And, well, the purpose is to give and share things that you need and that others need. But the one of the perks and benefits is getting to meet people that live right near you. And I'm so new to it that I wouldn't say that I have any best friends that I've developed yet. But I know, Mom, you have uh, definitely connected with people and they've become more close community and friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today to I Don't Know, Ask My Mom. Three guiding principles that my mom and I try our best to live by are number one, to be open and honest with each other. Number two, we try our hardest to address issues when they come up instead of letting them drag out for years and years. And number three, we also try our best to be quick to forgive and to move on. So I hope you can channel all of that into not just a relationship with your mom, but with all of your loved ones. Thank you again so much for listening. Have a great day.